I'm prolific, so gifted. I'm the type that's gonna go get it. No kidding. Yes, I did make this table. Yeah. It even has a little drink dish in the middle that comes out. Yeah, I put this, the bottles in here. I put bottles in there. Yeah. Color me impressed. I was. <laughs> you should have seen the way these uh, tree stumps started. They had the bark on them and everything. I had to shave it off. Yeah, from a firewood place. Look, I'm, I'll, show, I'll, show, I'll show you the process. But anyway, man, look, I got I got my family here because there's a very, very important, serious uh, episode. Um, we lost a brother, man. We lost a king. We lost an icon. We lost LA. Lost. We lost our everything, man. Nipsey uh, Hussle was killed Sunday afternoon. And it just does not seem real. Um, I'm hurting like I never thought I would hurt from this. Like I, yeah, I ain't never met this man. Nice. I have never met Nipsey Hussle, <laughs> and I am hurting like I lost a family member. But um, before we get completely into it and not talk, we let's. I guess yeah, we gonna touch on something else real quick, and then I'm coming right back to let's it. <laughs> yeah, real quick. Well, no, we just so want to talk about. There's so much to talk and, about, but this is and, also important, so we need to bring it up, um, especially in regards to you know what we represent in this podcast. Yeah. Um, just you know, everybody getting equal shot and mm-hmm. progression, and Chicago has shown some progression with their uh, yeah new mayor. Just a bit. Uh, we wanted to give congratulations to Lori Lightfoot. She just uh, she just took the mayor seat in Chicago. After numerous, numerous years of um, that seat being riddled with corruption, um, and she is the first African American um, out gay lesbian uh, mayor to take that seat, and um, I they remember, even have a they've never had any gay mayor there, right? Oh no, not at all. First, uh, right now is the first gay yeah. mayor of Chicago. I mean, it's, it was uh, Ronnie Manuel. And right, then before yeah. them, it was the whole uh, daily <laughs> lineage for years and years and years since maybe the sixties. Oh damn! I don't damn. And, yeah, and they was pretty. Uh, That's like how we had Tom Bradley forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how long was Tom Bradley the mayor of L.A.? Like my whole life. <laughs> he was uh, until he died. He like, died. Off, yeah. Like bro, you got to go. You about to die. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, Senior Daily, and then his son took over, and then um, yeah, he was pretty. Uh, a, a sweaty, corrupt ball as well. Um, as far as Lori, though, would you no, go ahead? No, go ahead. I, I actually remember Lori back because you know she's relatively a new face, um, a breath of fresh air. Uh, but I do remember her back in 2015 because I remember Ronnie Manuel pretty much faced the the largest, um, uh, I guess, trouble that his his um, his seat had to endure, which was when. Um, this it was a wrongful death. What was his name? It was um, I, mean, I think I wrote it down. So oh yeah, Laquan McDonald. Oh, we That's, talked about that. We, we talked, talked about, about that. that if I remember. Yeah. yeah, and I remember when he when he passed when he got killed. Um, he wasn't very responsive to it. He hit the yeah. He hit was, the video. He hit the videos. It was layers of corruption with that, and then Chicago lit up. Protesters was out everywhere, and even though Ron Emanuel. Um, disagree with a lot of Lightfoot's um, viewpoints. He called her in to pretty much kind of help him 
uh, mediate the situation. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, she was a, um, she's a lawyer, but she also was a former president of Chicago Police Board. And back in 2015, when um, all that was happening with the wrong with the wrongful death, um, he did call her in, and what she ended up doing was. Um, you know, whistleblowing on a lot of the corruption within the police department and got indictments um, together and happened. And I believe Chicago remembered that incident and how genuine and how much of a warrior she was then. And um, I think they remembered her for um, the mayor seat um, this time around. And um, so that's a little bit of her history that I feel like won over this um, this chair. So, yeah, Congratulations. Ms. Lori Lightfoot, I am looking forward to see uh, what way she's going to uh, affect um, police brutality in Chicago, and because uh, she's always kept them responsible, um, made them responsible for um, the corruption, racism, all of that bullshit. I'm hoping that she brings some energy and some some new um, a new form of like hope. For the city, yeah, and I think that's what her—that's what she's a face for right now. I'm really hope. I'm man. I, I don't know much about her, but I'm always hopeful for when some new blood steps in, mm-hmm. um, and especially when somebody looks like us. Yeah. I'm just—I mean, we get disappointed a lot by people that look like it us, like- but <laughs> it's still that hope that she will remember that she does look like us mm-hmm. and. Do right. Mm-hmm. She don't play look, games. Let me tell you something. If you just do. If you do what's right by black people, you'll end up doing what's right for everybody. Bottom line. Straight up, because we're not the type to... Be, we, we are not a selfish people when it comes to like equality and shit. Sometimes we should be, and we're not. We, sometimes we should be, but we are a very diplomatic race. We're very welcoming. Yeah. And um, yeah, now Look, it's how we should me, be. We are very welcoming because... Motherfuckers just moved into our neighborhoods, and we said we didn't throw a bottle or nothing. We <laughs> we didn't yell a a racial epithet. No. Didn't put whiteies go home. We said, "Hey, welcome, welcome. Would you like some soul food? Would you like soul food? They're like, no, but would you like to come to my new cafe that I just bought yeah, just and got rid of your soul food restaurant? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we we came with open arms and open wallets for you. That's what we end up doing. Um, all right. So, man. Let's get back to it. Uh, very, man, yeah, I've been crying, y'all. Like, I woke up Monday morning. I didn't even go to work. I was, I was bawling. I was crying like a baby about this, man. And I, it didn't stop. <laughs> I just, it just continued even the next day. It um, was because he's so important. It was a, it's, it's the whole city. Is mourning and you feel it in the air. Yeah. You feel it like heavy. Um, so, uh, just to, I'm sure you already know. Uh, I guess I don't have to do too much detail, but there was, uh, from what we know, from what I was told by multiple sources, and then what everybody knows now is there was an argument with a young man at, at a, he had an argument with a, fuck a young man, with a bitch ass, little punk ass piece of shit mm-hmm. um, he told him he was a, he told him he had to get off the lot because he was a snitch they're from the same neighborhood they're from the same gang um, dude ended up leaving but when he came back um, 
in the video, I saw the video and that hurt. That hurt. I shouldn't have watched that. I but I watch saw that. the video and um, you could tell that Nipsey wasn't alarmed by him. I guess so. He wasn't expecting it to happen the way it happened, and he took Nipsey's life and he shot another. He shot a couple other people, and yeah, we lost Nipsey. But um, I just want to talk about the man. Uh, first, we'll talk about like how he got on the scene, him getting on the scene. He, uh, I knew him from getting on the scene with Hustle in the House. He had this Bullets Ain't Got No Name. Uh, how long ago was that? I think that was 2008. I, I met him once in my life, and yeah. I did. And it it was, I you know, me not being a native here, I didn't understand you know, how influential he was to the city, but it was actually when I was working at Nike. And when he came in, you could tell he was like a local celebrity. Well, I can tell he was a local celebrity. And um, one of my coworkers, I guess, knew him, knew him more, more so. But, I mean, he came in and just light energy and chopped it up with any and everybody. And, you know, it was just... And that's who he was, man. From everything I know about him, he just would... was. You know, shake hands and talk to anybody and everybody, man. He had that mm-hmm. that energy. He was the perfect representation of Los Angeles. He never let us down in any in any setting. If we saw him on TV, his interviews, he was the honestly the best representative I've ever seen come out of here because he was hood. Yeah, he was hood, relatable. But he was relate. Yes, he's hood and relatable. He was he. No question went over his head. If you want to talk politics, you can talk politics. If you want to talk mm-hmm. ownership, you can talk ownership. If you want to talk the music biz, promotion, any of this stuff, he was ready. He was well read. And you weren't expecting that from somebody who went so hard for his gang. Like he was he represented his gang to the fullest. And that's where so that's where I was introduced to Nipsey Hustle. Hustle in the house. I mean, the end of the song. He goes, six so nigga, that's what's up. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Nah. <laughs> I was like, I ain't fucking with this. Y'all gotta understand. I'm from LA, but my family's from the other side. Mm. My family is no, I have to speak on this. My my <laughs> like, no. most of my cousins, <laughs> most of my family are bloods. Most. Which is a fact. I got family from from Brims, some some of my family's original, some of the people who were the original members of the Brims, from Fruit Town Brims to Vaness Gangsters and Six Deuce Brims and people from Bounty Hunters and you know it was just a lot. I'm very close to them, and I lost a cousin back in '98. To uh, he was ta- his life was taken by somebody from Rolling Sixties Crip. And shit was done. I was like, I do not fuck with that neighborhood at all. Like, I'm good. Like, I have friends from there, and I cut those ties. I was like, I'm good. I don't fuck with that neighborhood. I don't want anybody from there. So when that song came out, and he did all that, I was like, man, fuck that. I do not fuck with him. But the music stayed around. Mm-hmm. He kept coming with more <clears throat> music. And I, everybody was like, nah, I, I hear you. Yeah, he on that shit, but... He talking about some shit, man. You got to check him out. And I did. I can. I, I, I finally listened to some. I was like, I forget the name of the song, but he was talking like historical shit, like black empowerment shit. Just, just he knew his history of of Africa, and we're we're that information taking it to the next step and being progressive with it. And I was like, yo, this dude ain't no regular gang banging rapper because I'm used to regular gang bang rappers. YG. 
is a regular game bank rapper. So I'm used to that. I was expecting that from him, and I heard that. I was like, yo, this dude is uh, he's he's intelligent, man. He's he knows some shit. So then here comes the marathon. Let me tell y'all something. The marathon cemented what Nipsey Hussle meant to Los Angeles. Y'all across the country. Y'all probably didn't even know about this mixtape, but in LA, in California, man, that mixtape was a shit. That was an album. That shit got when played all the time. That came out in two thousand and eight. Oh, eight. All right. So the other that that came out. Wait, when did that come out? The marathon, two thousand ten. My bad, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. And that came out. That was all we played. Like we knew every song, word for word. I I was in. I was like, this dude, this dude got it. And more music came out, and that the marathon came out. The marathon continues. Then he had the store on. He got the store on Crenshaw and Slauson, and it was just the store. It was just selling the T-shirt, just the Crenshaw tees. He start he promoted that back in two thousand and eight when uh, he came out with Hustle in the House. All the in the video you'll see him with the Crenshaw shirt, and that was what was selling. And it just started his his name around the city started picking up. And he started growing. And the thing that separated him was when the Crenshaw album came out. Because we were waiting on the next moves. We're like, what is Nip going to do? You know, he putting out, you know, little stuff. But it wasn't like grabbing us yet. It wasn't grabbing us like the marathon. And then he came out with, um, with, with Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Crenshaw set him, set him apart from everybody because then we understood what kind of mind we were dealing with. And he was talking of, about like leadership and like- Nah, it was more than that. Like, it, like, nah, it was more than that. About? It was more than that. It's not about what he was talking about. It's what he did. Mm. He dropped Crenshaw, which is a free mixtape. It's a free mixtape. You could get it online for free. And then he charged, he said, you know what? I'm going to charge y'all $100 for this. But you can still get it for free. But it, with the $100- you could get, what was he giving me with it? Yeah, you get a hard copy. You get an autograph, autograph hard copy. And I think you got like a, a, a ticket to a performance that he was going to have. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you could easily just go get the, t- get the, get the listen to the album mm-hmm. online. But he, he played on the fact that y'all fuck with me. Exactly, right. You know? Y'all, y'all are part of this. He always he used to talk about when on like, like his followers on Instagram or or twi- or Twitter, and he would say my hundred thousand leaders. He's like y'all fucking me, y'all leaders. Y'all not followers, uh-huh. y'all leaders. And then he was saying that right there ties you into your fan base. Like you are with me. You are I'm. You're growing with me. Y'all are investing in me. So you, mm-hmm. what was it? What did he call it though? Proud to pay, yes. He called it proud to pay. And he sold a thousand. Jay-Z bought a hundred of them. And he sold a thousand altogether of this hundred dollar CD. Made a hundred thousand dollars, man. You know it don't cost nothing to make it to burn a CD. <laughs> he made a hundred thousand dollars off of it, man. Nobody. I, yo. Who's thinking like that? It worked. 
It worked. It took him to the next level. And not only did fuck the hundred thousand dollars. It's the promotion of of who Nipsey is. It's a promotion of Nipsey Hustle that made everybody pay attention mm-hmm. across the fucking nation, across the fucking around the world. Who was doing that? And you know he. The, he got that from reading a book about, I, I got the quote right here. He said, I've been reading a book about what makes people talk about things, what makes things go viral, what makes things contagious. There was an, ex- an example in this book about a restaurant owner who made a $100 cheesesteak. Cheese he made some people curious and made other people upset, but more than anything, it created conversation. And he ended up on the Oprah show and he ended up on David Letterman talking about his $100 cheesesteak. And they, that happened for Nipsey. Mm-hmm. So, look, we talking about he did this, put out another mixtape and another mixtape. Then he finally, 10 years after he started this shit, probably over 10 years after he started music, over 10 years, he finally came out with his official album last year, Victory Lap. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. It was fucking amazing. And let me tell you something. I was talking about talking to my homeboy earlier, and he was like, yo, think about what he did, though. Like, all those mixtapes, if you listen to them, they're not mixed and mastered. They sound gritty. And you wanted to, you, he wanted you to hear the progression in everything he did, and he wanted you to understand why this album is different from all that other shit. And I got it. It sounded perfect, man. It was so beautiful. And he was nominated for a Grammy. He had Kendrick on there. He could have had Kendrick on his mixtapes a long time ago. They've been knowing each other for years because he was on Games Tour with J-Rock when Kendrick was uh, J-Rock's hype man. He could have been had him on there. He had everybody else on his, on his mixtapes, but he waited. He knew how important it was for him to be on that, on the victory lap. And man, so that's the music part. But then the man, the man, the man is next level, y'all. I mean, so we talked about him owning that, owning the clothing store. Then he purchased the whole fucking strip mall. So all these people, all these people, you know, all these stores that were there that he, they say he sold drugs in front of there. He was hanging in front of there. I know he was hanging in front of there before he actually had a store. He bought it all up, man. It's like, y'all paying me rent now. Mm-hmm. Right, it's, he was all about ownership. Shit, I was talking to the homie about that. He was like, yo... I want to get a spot. I, he's like, I want to get a store in Lamert, but I want to own my shit. I don't want to be paying rent to these motherfuckers so they can play around with me later mm-hmm. and go up on rent and then push me up out of there. He's like, I want to own this. And that's all Nipsey was talking about. He was just, talk, just talking about ownership. Empowering his community. And man. Right. He launched the co-work space and STEM program in his, uh, in his hometown called Vector 90. Huh. <sighs> Nipsey also created Vector 90 to create links between young talent from impoverished neighborhoods and opportunities in Silicon Valley, man. I, it, he was on his way to doing more and more. Right here, I'm looking at an article that says he was looking to get more real estate investments. He was partnering up with um, his boy David Gross and DJ Collett and others to invest in a bid to acquire the leasehold for the Viceroy Santa Monica and let me tell y'all about something else that I didn't, I, it just hit me. All his mixtapes are on, are on Spotify and Tidal. Y'all know that? I know y'all noticed that, right? All his mixtapes are there? On, on Spotify on, and Tidal. Spotify on Tidal? I don't have Tidal. You got Spotify? Mm-hmm. 
So all the bullets ain't got no names and mm. all that shit is on there. But look though, have y'all noticed that when you looking for other mixtapes, they not on there? Cause they don't. He made sure that all his music was cleared. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, all the samples, all that shit, like he made sure he got people, producers on there who didn't have a ton of samples that they had to deal with and all that shit. How many, like, I, I'm not dissing Dom, but it, I know, I, exactly. The Yellow Album? Gosh, why doesn't it have a barcode? I don't understand. Man, that's what I'm saying. You get, what is it, uh, what's the one album? Huh? That's on there? No, it's not. No, none of it's on there except uh, Get Home Safely. Yeah. His one album is on there. That's what I'm saying. So he was so progressive in thinking that he's like, I need all my shit on there. He told his lawyer, said, get all that shit cleared. We got all his material on that. We ain't got to go to that piff for nothing. He was that forward thinking, man. And I'm just... So that's just a little, I guess, like a little bio, man. I, I just want my cousin and I'll, I'll get back to my shit, but I'll get my cousin and my uh, nephew to speak on how they feel about Nipsey's situation and Nipsey Hussle as a person and what he meant to them. And I will say, look, y'all don't, y'all going to understand it. I, I love Tupac and I was, I remember when he died, I cried. I remember. I remember what I was doing. I was hurt. This is bigger than that. For LA. For it. Definitely. This is bigger than that for LA. That's how important he was to us. This is on some Martin Luther King Jr. shit. This is how important he was to us because he was he was us, man. He was so about our progression in this in this city. And, but he was more than that. He wanted all y'all to win. He wanted all of us to win all over. But he was just focusing. He was just focusing on his hometown, making sure we were straight before he started branching out. I I know this. I I mean, because he is that person. We see this. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna bring my cousin on so she can talk about it, you know how she's feeling. And uh, wow, this is my cousin Ashley. Hey, Smashley. Oh God. You haven't heard that in a while. Ashley Golden Brown. Oh yeah, Golden Brown. That's cool. You still Smashley to me. Oh. God. All right, man. Come on. You're an LA native. I am born and raised. You're from the 60s. <laughs> Rolling. <laughs> Roll. No, we're not going to go there, but um um I I I think the interesting thing about Nipsey aside from just him being such a big deal in LA, like I I moved away from LA when I was 17. And lived on the East Coast for about 16 years or so. And the last place I lived was New York City. And I remember when he started the Victory Lap Tour, New York City was the very first stop. And I went to the show. And I remember thinking, like, I wonder how it's going to be if people are going to actually be out there, you know, um, excited for the music. Is it going to be... Because it was sold out, but, you know, just wondering how the energy would be. And I got there, I thought, in good time. And when I tell you, the line was wrapped around the building. <laughs> I mean, 
wrapped around and people had on Crenshaw gear in New York City. So that means they ordered it online. Like they they came out in droves to be there to support. And, you know, I um, was in the building and I was on the top level. I think we, it was at a, I can't think of the venue now, the same venue where old boy shot himself and what's the, what's the Oh, uh, oh, you talking about, Oh God! What uh, is Troy this? Ave. Troy Ave, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name of the venue, but anyway, um, I was up top and I was just watching people. When Nipsey came out, people were so excited, and everybody knew all the words to the records, and they were just so touched, and they were just like feeling everything. And he just felt all this love on the very first night of his tour, and it was just being a native from LA, like thinking. You know, y'all don't really know the music. Y'all yeah, just here yeah, trying yeah. to be on. You know what I mean? But you was wrong. I was so wrong, but I was so happy to be wrong because to see how he was accepted and loved by all those people that are not from, you know, L.A. was just such a cool thing to witness. And the music was amazing, you know. And like you guys were saying earlier, he was talking about some real shit. You know, it wasn't just gangbanging and being from the hood. Like, it was very relatable music to everybody. Man, inspirational, motivational, like, telling you to get off your ass. Like, right. if you're going, if you want it, put in the work. I'm putting right. it. And he, that's the shit that, 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 that stands out more than anything. We saw the work. Right. We saw the grind. Right. He didn't hide the grind. He, we saw brick by brick. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the cool thing because it's, it can be hard for people, especially black people, to buy into an idea. And he was able to do all those things, like be, he was able to do all those things he did and then still be authentic, which is something that a lot of people have a hard time doing in this industry. You know, people who you see, who know him, who remember him, they're always like, he can come into any room and speak to anybody and, and never like be fake or be pretending you know, and just try to be on for the industry. He was always himself and he was always accepted for being from the West Coast and coming in with his his accent and his and his um, his hood. Like he just never tried to put on and be somebody else to be in this industry. And I think that's why he was so respected by everybody, yeah. you know. And one of the things that I, somebody was saying um, earlier was like, you know, you see people posting pictures of him and it's not just stock photos, like pictures of like he's out there. He's out there, like he, talking to people. Like, I have a picture with him. Like, I, I mean, I I've met him before. I've been in the store like I was in the store on Christmas Eve, like two years ago. I was the only customer in there. I was getting some last minute items and he walked in there. I was the only customer. It was early in the morning. And he was like, how you doing? I was like, I'm good. <laughs> he was like, he was super nice and cool. And, you know, you can catch him in there any time of day. And I said this on my on my post, too. Like, he his energy permeated everything he touched. So everyone who worked in that store was nice and kind. I was there a couple of days ago, like literally this week, earlier this week, buying something else. And people were in the store just so kind and nice. Like, how are you? Where are you from? We're so happy to have you in here. Like just that kind of spirit Fuck. that he told, he he made sure that everyone who touched his brand had that same spirit, 
you know, and, and it they wasn't. They represented him. Yeah, they and represented they were, him. And they were happy to represent happy him. Happy to. Happy to. And didn't, and didn't give you any issues. Like, I, that's just something that you don't find all the time. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but especially for black businesses. You know what I'm saying? That kind of customer service, that kind of that attention to detail. On, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you need? Oh, we'll have some of these in. Oh, oh, I went in there for, um, for uh, what is it called? Uh, black Friday. And I was buying some stuff. And he said, the people said, hey, we're going to have a sale tomorrow. Or like it was a Cyber Monday. He was like, we're going to have a sale. So if you want to wait on these things and get them for a better deal on Monday, you can. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just that kind of wow. like. It's it's cool. Like you don't have to come in here and spend all your money if you don't want to. We gonna have it, whatever. I mean, that kind of stuff is, you know. He was a businessman, and he and he he definitely made sure that everyone that was touching his business had that same spirit. He was a businessman that wasn't afraid to give you the knowledge that he had. He right. wasn't hiding nothing. Right. He wanted to share it. Like he always talks about uh, teaching you how to fish. Right. He said, I, I taught all my homies how to fish. Yeah, I got the quote right here. That's one of my favorite quotes from him, actually. He goes, I taught my niggas how to fish. Some call more than others. Some said they'd rather be fed. Some pass me up in the progress. I mean, I'm sorry, in the process. But at the end of it all, I know I ain't had the game for my people, and I'm real for that. I'm and I love that. that because that is a monumental problem with us as a people is Understanding that if we can share with each other, we all can move together, and it's like that's not what we were produced to to, to remember. You know, we wasn't. You know, white folks didn't want us to know that it's systematic. Right. Absolutely, because they not they not teaching us that. No, we not getting that. We got to go find that, and we not raised like that. No, I mean, how many? Most people don't have a bunch of business owners in their family. They got workers. For Who sure. gonna teach us how to own? Who gonna teach us how to run something? Because they don't run it. You have to go get it. And he was like, I'm doing it, y'all. Let me show right. you how to do it. Right. And yeah, and, and, and man, I gotta say this. I'm reading every all these rappers' pages, like all these people that he's worked with. How is he a phone call away for everybody? Like every call. time I look at somebody's page, like, hey, I said, man, I just remember you, I just know, you know, it's like I'm waiting for your call in the morning. So on top of the morning, top of the AM, like. How many of y'all saying this? Like he was really like that. He was really that accessible to all these people, man. He meant something to all these people. And the shit that I found out he was doing in Watts, man. So he had one artist. He signed an artist from Bounty Hunter Bloods in Watts. Hmm. He was working with the Grapes. He was trying to build a relationship between the two hoods to create unity and to build up Watts, like to change, to turn Watts around. He knew the power in that. Mm -hmm. And... I heard that from the homie. He told me that in a conversation yesterday. Then I went on Instagram. I happened to fall onto a dude's page who is from Grave Street with all his homies. And he talked about Nipsey being like another person saying, Nipsey, yeah, I would just call. He, he, was, he would talk to me. And he was doing so much over here. He was one of us. I was like, this man, what the fuck? Who is this dude? Who's And why all this stuff he had on his plate, right? Right. All this stuff he had on his plate. And he didn't look shook about anything. He looked like this is what I was meant cool to do. As a fan. He was, yeah. Mm -hmm. No rush in him. No. I'm like, like <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. And you saw what um You saw what Russell Westbrook did. Oh yeah, we got it. Yeah, that was beautiful. That man. was insane. So if y'all don't know, <laughs> like 
First of all, Russell came in with his Crenshaw shirt on, you know, pregame. Long Beach. Huh? That's where he's from, Long Beach. Who, Russell Westbrook? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I'm so sure. He didn't go to a school in Long Beach. He went to Losinger. Yeah. That's but a Hawthorne. But he's from Long Beach. How you know? Okay, I'm just playing. If you say it, I'm sure you know. I just wanted to fuck with you. Okay. Well, he was born there at least. But why'd you even bring up Long Beach? I was just saying, like, he's... Like, I don't know if everyone knows that he's from... Oh, like, like he's a native. He's yeah. from out here. Yeah. Like, yeah. He went to UCLA, went to school in LA. Yeah, he's from out here. And he had his Crenshaw T on pregame. And then he put in work <laughs> for the game. He had, what, 20 points, 21 assists, 20 rebounds. Mm-hmm. So he had a 20-20-20 game, which... Only one other person has done, I believe. Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain. In 1968. Only, in 1968, when he could, when he would get 100 rebounds a game. Right. And shit like that, it was easy. <laughs> it was super easy. So, Russell Westbrook did basically what nobody else could do. And he did it. And you know what 20, 20, 20 adds up to? 60. And he said that was for Nip. Rolling. <laughs> I'm not even mad at it. Rolling. <laughs> I can't be mad at it, man. Whatever, man. That was an awesome moment, though, because I mean, people were excited for Russell to even have to have the achievement to even do and it in that he moment. He took that all off him. He said, "Nope." He said he hit his chest all hard, and he was like, "That was for mine." And he didn't even get a uh, he didn't even get a tech for that because he like he cursed and yeah. said the n word and all this stuff. But it was like, well, <laughs> yeah. And he said that was for Nipsey. That's for Nipsey. That's for my whoop-de-whoop-whoop. I was like, yeah. wow. That was so yeah. amazing to see him do that. And and then he said it again in his after, in his interview afterwards. Yeah. And man, just just something like that. I mean, that oh, I was gonna say this too. The way that like people, there are some people who don't even know his music at all. Like at all. Facts. Black people, even. Facts. Like I at Facts. my at my job, a couple of uh, girls that I work with. Um, one one girl works in social good, and she was like, "Listen, I ain't gonna lie. I don't even know his music." She said, "I only know him for being a community activist." Because I heard the same thing. Because, same thing today. Girl from works at the same thing. Yeah, she was like, "Cause I I I'm I'm on these calls. I'm in these meetings. I'm putting together these things, and I only know him for always showing up for that kind of stuff. Like that's all that I know. I would never know his music if it came on." And I was like, "Wow, that's so." And that speaks volumes. Of the kind of person, the kind of Renaissance man that he was, for him to be able to touch all these different things from from the hood to yeah. to giving back to music to being a family you know, man to be. He was actually scheduled to like. Yeah. Oh, he was scheduled to right. meet with the LAPD right. the next day yeah. Mm-hmm. after. Yeah, I got. Oh, my cousin, my same, my my cousin who, he's one of those guys who I went over there on Monday just to get a feel for what the neighborhood was feeling. You know, I went in the Avs, saw the homies right across from uh, Crenshaw, hung out with them for a second. As soon as I walked up, I'm like, you know, what's good with y'all? They're like, man, just, this, they like, this feel different, man. Like, this hurt is different. This just don't feel right. Yeah. They didn't know Nipsey. Right. They They never met him, but they, it, they felt it. I went on Third Ave where my cousins was at, you know, none of them roll with the 60s. But they was hurting. They was just, yo, man. I, one of my cousins, who I wasn't expecting to be so passionate about it, he's just like, he's usually so dismissive of everything. Like, 
He's. I was expecting him to be on some, you know, niggas die every day, man. Mm-hmm. Get shot every day, whatever. Because he's lost so many. He's 50 yeah. years old. He's in that community his whole life. He lost so many people, his own brother and a whole bunch of folks. So he was just like, that man meant too much to this community for some piece of shit like that to take it. He was like, you know what? We got to make room. That meant... He got to go. He was like, he was like that dude got, he got to die. He's giving, mm. he's contributing nothing to this world. While he took away somebody who was contributing his whole, everything to this world. Like he gave us too much and you took him away. He was hurting, man. And oh shit, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he gave me a story. He was saying how uh, he asked, he he works with um, special needs people and uh, somebody asked, somebody he works with asked uh, Nipsey if he could um, donate for um, something that they had going on for one of the autistic kids or something. And uh, he said, uh, he asked about the program and asked them what they were doing. And he said, nah, I ain't going to donate, but uh, I'll pay for the whole program, though. Mm. Like that easy. He's like, I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. This is that dude, man. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how much he meant. This is why I say he was as huge as. This is why I bring up a Martin Luther King Jr. or a Malcolm X. Because as far as the actions go, it's not one, it's not two, it's not everything he talked about, he did. A lifestyle. And he did more than what he talked about. Right. Like there's so right. much. I keep hearing about shit that he did. You didn't even know about. Had no idea. He wasn't clout he wasn't, chasing or flexing. Nah, he, he was just nope. being himself. He was at the and community meetings. Right. Right. And he was open. He was open to hearing what his elders had to say, man. Like. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, like you were saying about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, like. Like. If you're from LA, like you understand how how serious it is, how 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 big gang culture is out here, and like Joe, like you were saying earlier, the fact that people put all of that aside. I mean, even like working with YG, like working with with people from other sets, and it wasn't like I think that oh, was the first. The biggest time. one, yeah. The biggest one is, I mean, YG doesn't really count as much, even though he's a blood, but he's all the way in Compton, so they don't really have that kind of rivalry. But one of his closest people in the game was a rapper by the name of Joe Moses, mm. who is from 54th Street, Van Ness, which is, that's their rival. That's the closest enemy. Mm-hmm. They right there. And that was one of his closest friends in the game. They've been knowing each other for years, for probably like 12 years now. And they were like brothers. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were very close. And that's what, when he died, man, that's why I knew it was never, it wasn't no rival gang because Rivals didn't want they rivals loved them. Right. They didn't have they didn't want nothing to happen to Nipsey. Yeah. Like, and 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 that and that whole area is like a safe space. That whole that Crenshaw Slauson. Everybody been coming through there. It's a safe space. Like yeah. people come come there from all over the country, you know. To, it became he made it a he, safe he, space. He, he did. Because it was not. Right. So many people then got killed in that alley. Right. And around there. Right, right, right. He right. made that spot right there a safe space. And, space. and and that's that's the thing. Like if you're from if you're from here, you understand that what he did was such a big deal 
for years. It wasn't like he just started doing it. And no, then, and he's then been to, doing it since the beginning. And then, then I mean, like, for, fuck the Grammys, but to be recognized yeah. on your very first real project, like that just shows like the marathon was real. Like it was this this situation was not a sprint. He didn't just all of a sudden. You know, become this Grammy nominated artist out of nowhere. Like he's been grinding in his old life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and it was not something that, you know, you could take lightly because of all the adversity that he had to come against. And he was always very, very um transparent. Like he said in the interview, like, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm just like this poised individual who has all the answers. Like I've been I've been through all of these, every single mindset, every single emotion, I felt that. And I realized the only way for me to get out of this or the only way for me to progress was for me to do my research. Man, and, and he did and, that and he, fucking research. Yeah, he, and he, he, pu- he pushed everybody else to do that research. He's like, read that book. Get contagious. that knowledge. It's called he, Contagious. He, he would tell his home, like, I forgot who I was reading, whose Instagram I was reading. I'm, look, I've been reading everybody. I just wanted to see what they was going to say. Right. And it was somebody that he was working with, and he would be like, yo... He's like, they were doing some music. I guess he he had to do something. He's like, yo, man, put on that documentary. Uh, learn something. Like he was always pushing like, yo, check out this book. Learn something. He would have conversations about things so that they, they can under, get an understanding of what's going on. He wanted them to be knowledgeable. Um, so, um, man, I, the homie just told me, <laughs> the homie just told me before we got on air on Facebook, he was like, man, I got a homeboy with Nipsey's hood like whacked out on his chest. That means like crossed out, basically fuck him. But he cried. Like he said he couldn't he he cried like he lost a family member when Nipsey died. Like that's how big this shit is. When you're not from LA, you don't understand how real this gang shit is. Like you see it, but it's like he's from the most hated gang in Los Angeles, straight <laughs> Keep up. Saying it, but it's like it's really the truth. Needs to be repeated. He's the, he's from the most hated gang in Los Angeles, and everybody loves him. Right. And you did you see the stuff that that uh, Killer Mike did at uh, in I Atlanta, Dave East in New York, and uh, Trey. Um, they doing something in Texas. Yeah, yeah, he did that in Texas. Like. like Man, like you don't see that kind of stuff just for any old, you know. Nah, man, it's it's man, people uh, coming ugh. from all over. Like it's this city felt. I've never seen this this many people. Like like black black men, kids, women. Right. Like I've never seen so many people like with hurting their eyes, like watery eyes. Just what? Like why him? Like yeah, and. I will I will say this though. When I looked, I saw pictures of the dude who did it, right? He don't seem right. I'm I I I worked with kids. He I looked at his I look at his face like he seems off. And I don't know if he is. I'm I'm not gonna say I don't want him to be. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I don't want him to be harmed. I don't give a fuck right now, I'm be honest with you. Yeah, the yeah. Thing, yeah, but that could have just been a play on him trying to like get that, you know. But I'm just saying that I bring that up because if it's if it is, and it may, and it looks like to me, it looks like he may there may be something off. That means his emotions ain't right because I've been around those kids where I see everybody laughing at the joke, and he's kind of like, 
that kid is kind of like looking off like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Like maybe with a, like a weird smile. And then when something bad happens, they don't react right. They don't react with the same compassion everybody else is reacting to because they, they don't, it doesn't, their cognition ain't really there. Right. Um, doesn't connect. All it, the way. Yeah, it's not connected the way everybody else's is or should be. So I, I say that because when I saw that video, yeah, yeah, that's a crazy like. I yeah. ain't never like. Yeah, it just looked off. He shot this man, walked off, and it shot like he, he looked. Who nobody does that. I've never. I talked I've to my ne- friend about that last night. She was like, "I've. I mean, unfortunately, I've seen so many people get killed in the hood. I've watched it happen, and I've never seen somebody shoot somebody, run away, come back, shoot him again, run, go away, come back, shoot him again, and then kick them and run off. She was like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, and that that's kind why of, he looked, that's why I really like, yo, this dude, something wrong. Yeah. But there's so I bring that up only to say this, there's a bunch of them in the neighborhood because we don't take mental health serious in our community. Mm-hmm. Like, we just push them along. Right. And it's, you don't want those people to just get pushed along when they're, in a gang, when they and they're more likely to be in a gang because they want some kind of acceptance. They're the fucking weird guy who's acting weird and shit. They want to be part of something. They want to feel some kind of security and you no know, wants and yeah, acceptance. Acceptance. And yeah. I mean, but how do but how do you how do you fix that problem? I mean, that's 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 a like these schools grand. know though. These schools know once it. I'm sure that Resources. kid had. A, I'm sure that kid had an IEP. Resources. I know. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't even push for it because we don't believe in. We try to pray it off. Oh gosh, I don't even want to go there. And you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. But I do want to get my nephew yeah. up here to speak on it because he's he's a young dude that's been around, that's seen Nipsey quite a few, quite quite a lot because he went to Crenshaw High. He's hung out in the neighborhood. He's a little knucklehead that just likes to run around and not go to school sometimes. So, <laughs> hey, come on, man. Get your ass up. What the fuck? His face. How high are you? <laughs> he, he was just looking at you like yeah, quiet. Like, like, I mean, I am. You do disgust me. <laughs> you Guys, you know who he is. You Guys, you know who he is. It's Pussy Pup. He's back oh, on the wait, air. Wait, what's that's uh, What do you call him? Pussy Pup. This is Pussy Pup. That is so rude. It's very rude. Like, that is so rude. All right, guys, I don't know if you know the history behind me calling him Pussy Pup, but they call him Cat Dog. Which is I know, also an unwanted nickname. I, I know it's unwanted, but they called him Cat Dog. So I turned that into Pussy Pup. Which was unnecessary. Because he's little. He's a little Pussy Pup. It's my little Pussy Pup. Anyway, nephew, let's speak on it, man. How did, how did Nipsey... How did the loss affect you? How did, what did he mean to you? Talk to me. I mean, just being from LA, like people like Nip, Dom, they just mean everything. What, what's everything? Is it everything or everything? I'm just fucking with you. Go nah, ahead. Nah, Sorry. like, I mean, like when you grow up, you start taking music more serious. So I, like when I started listening to albums, I think the first three albums I listened to were the Carter Three, Bullets Ain't Got No Name, Volume Two. And I think Dom Kennedy's The Yellow Album. And those are like the first three albums I listened to like all the way through. 
So I always just looked up to Nip in music. And then as I get older and I go to Crenshaw, you know, I'm at a charity event that he funded for everybody in the neighborhood. And it was like the first time I was at a charity event and I knew everyone there, like every kid, I saw their parents, all, all the kids played football for one of the schools that played at Crenshaw, like for one of the Pop Warner teams, like everything was about the district. And then when you go to Crenshaw and you like me, you know, you're not at school sometimes. Like I used to leave and go to lunch. You would see him. He'll tell you like, you need to go back. It's not worth it. T- tell me the story. Tell me the story that you told me the other day. Oh yeah, I used to, my junior year, I used to leave lunch. I used to leave my advisory class every day, which is like our homeroom. And every day I would go get lunch from somewhere on Slauson, like Popeye's, Buffalo Spot, Master Burger. And I think I was at Popeye's. I was somewhere getting some type of chicken. And I saw Nip, and he just talked to me for like five minutes about like, just like why I need to be at school. I know, man. Give me the story how you gave it to me, man. I want to hear how you gave it to me. I'll say, because I guess, do you not remember what you told me? I remember, but I just didn't want to. Nah, I want to hear the whole detail, man. People want to hear that shit. So I walked from Crenshaw to Slauson down um, 11th Ave. This motherfucker just gave me directions now. I'm talking about the conversation. All right, go ahead. Do your thing. I was trying to tell the full story. Go ahead. I'm going to let you do the full story. I'm sorry. I ain't going to message. Go ahead. But yeah, like he walked up to me. He was like, hey, little bro, don't you go to Crenshaw? And I didn't have on no type of uniform, which I should I thought you said he asked, like, do you go to View Park or something? No, he asked me, do I go to Crenshaw or oh. View Park? No, he said, do you go to Crenshaw? I said, yeah. He said, why are you over here? I was like, I'm getting lunch. He was like, y'all not allowed to leave for lunch. Yeah, like he knew, like, View Park gets to go to lunch. They get all they students. Uh, we were supposed to, but nobody wore them. But um, yeah, like he knew, like, oh, you you're not supposed to be over here. You got to go back to school. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm just going to eat. I come eat over here every day. He was like, all right, bro. If I find out you're not in school, and I just laughed and went back to school. But like he knew all of us. Like he knew everybody that was around because he just saw us all the time. He used to pull up and just talk to Dayon, who was our quarterback. Like, we saw him all the time. So when I, well, my friend told me that he died and she told me that he got shot and I didn't want to believe it. Like, even when just sitting over there watching y'all talk about it, it still didn't feel real. And I don't want it to be real. Cause like, he meant so much. He did so much. He just, he went about, he went out of his way to make sure all of us did better. And nobody asked him to do that. And he just wanted the very best for everybody. And especially he made being from LA, like he made him and Don made me real proud to be from LA. Like just walking around, knowing these streets, knowing everything, like he meant so much. And I used to like after football practice when I was at Crenshaw, and you know, we used to get out late as hell. Like, yeah, I know. Like eight, nine o'clock practices. Yeah. And I didn't like, I don't know why, I was just being scary and shit. I didn't like asking people for rides home. So I stayed on a 55th and Dinker. So I'll walk home every day and I'll play. I only had two albums on my phone. I had 
Crenshaw and I get home safely. So I play Crenshaw the first half and get home safe, get home safely the next. And I just always feel like every time I heard please, I was gonna make it home safe. And those two voices was the only two voices that made me feel like I was gonna make it home no matter what, because I had to walk through the VNs, the five fives, the sixties, all that. At night, with a fucking shirt that say Crenshaw. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get out of here, man, because you got me over here about to cry and shit. Man, I'm, oh, man, fuck. Man, it's bad. Like, I was at work, and it was on the speakers, and they played double up, and I had to go to the bathroom so nobody saw me cry. Yeah, I literally, I couldn't go to work. On Monday, because I just wasn't prepared for anybody to say anything weird, because I didn't know how I was going to react, and I didn't want to be like, I didn't want anybody to be like, oh, you hear about that rapper that got killed? I I would have fucking, I didn't know, I didn't want to hear no shit like that, man, because he was, he was so much more than a rapper, was, like, man, fuck rap, he was, they took, they took a pillar, and then like, Everybody, like, even before he died, I didn't know somebody who was like, I'm not a Nipsey Hussle fan. I don't like his music. Yeah. I don't like what he stands for. Like, there's no none of that. He was- Once you listen to the music, there's no way he going to tell me this shit ain't tight. <laughs> you just can't. Like, I tried. I tried to hate on Nipsey. I couldn't. I was like, this motherfucker's dope. The swag is next level. Look, like I said, he was a perfect representation like, you can't pick nobody else with that kind of swag. Like, that kind, he walked around so confident. Like, you want to look like that. You want to <laughs> be able to walk in a room like that. Me and my boy Cheese, man, we used to laugh. He, this video, uh, what was the video with him and Snoop? Um, off uh, Slauson Boy 2. Oh, when they was in the studio? When they yeah, but he walked out from the uh from the apartment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. when he um when he just walked out yeah. in the beginning. Yo, he had the swaggish fucking like hood walk. I was and Oh yeah, Joe redoes the I walk. I redo the walk every time I walk in somewhere, especially if I see cheese. I try to re I and I definitely don't look as cool as Nip. But that shit was the hardest shit, man. And I man, bringing up cheese like so Sunday, um, I, I hear about it. I just want really want to get to the homies. Like, I want to see my nephew. I want to see the homies. I want to get home. And we was playing Nip. Like, when I, when I found out, I just started playing them on the small speaker. And then Grant came home, and he plugged up all the big speakers, and we was just blasting it. Because it was like, it was, all, it was all you could do. Like, even now, like, I try to listen to other music. And, and I just want to get back to I just want to get back to, to hear it. And he's like... Now I'm hearing more lessons than I ever heard before. I'm like, fuck, you've been teaching us. But like I got here and I just wanted to be around, like see my nephew and see, you know, I had see to the go to sleep. And, I couldn't. I know he was knocked out. He was knocked out when I and I and I know it's because he didn't want to even like think about it no more. My little homie was here, he was knocked out. And so I'm just hearing my own thoughts and shit, wanting to talk to somebody. And I'm like, I'm texting my boy Big Cheese, and I'm like, I didn't want to tell him like he'd come over. So we could talk, but it's funny that we had that connection because I was like, yo, what you doing, bro? And he's like, y'all about to leave this girl house. I'm like, 
Will you hit it though? He's like, oh, he's like, hey, are you home? Because I was going to pull up. I was like, yeah, 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 <laughs> man, I'm home. And as soon as he gets, dude, so as soon as my boy walked in, man, he gave me a hug. We hugged because we both needed it like so much because we knew how important this loss was. Like, because our community is everything to us, man. Because, I mean, everybody know me on Instagram, Westlake Joe, but I, man, I spent half my time in, in on, near Crenshaw and Slauson. Like, since I was a fucking baby, my grandma's, my grandparents' house is on Slauson and 7th Avenue. Like, I've been there. Went to church over there. Shit, I was around there before there was a Popeye's. <laughs> there was no Popeye's there. Shit, I was... There before there was the the marathon store getting my hair cut at Magic Shears, like I've been there. Shit, fucking hey, uh, Louisiana Fried Chicken wasn't always there. I was there, oh, like old. yeah, I'm old. I went. Yeah. Uh, shit, I used to work out at Black Diamond. I've I've been there, so and I for, understand. For him my to get community. killed out the shop, like that's what that did. That did me because I was just like. I was stuck because I'm like, that's why when I saw it, I'm like, this can't be real. Like, nobody could be crazy enough to go to the shop because we're not allowed. Like, if if you smell like weed, you're okay. But like, if he see you with a capsule, bro, you got to go put that in the car. Like, you don't bring drugs in the store. You don't bring guns in the store. It's none of that. It's like, it's the one spot in the, one of the most dangerous areas. Like, all my friends have gotten robbed over there. In this one spot, it was like, no, there's safe no haven. none of that. It's safe. Go take a picture in front of the Brinks truck. He'll take a picture with you anytime he sees you. He rolls around in a car that costs more than most of the houses I've ever stayed in. And he has a fishbowl, no tent. You see him. And so for this to happen, it was just too unbelievable. Oh, man, he's a special dude. Man, let me tell... Dude, there's so many stories. I remember this really. This was a big thing for me with with Nip, the homie, uh, the homie from. Um, like I'm talking to to y'all. A lot of y'all not from here, so y'all gonna understand. But this is I had a homie from Marvin Gangster Crip. They don't get along with sixties. They they arrival, but um, he walked up to Nipsey, and he was like, "Yo, my name." I forget his hood name, but it, he said his hood name, and uh, he said, "I'm from Marvin Gangster Crip." Nipsey knows what's up. Nipsey knows his area well. He knows West LA too. Um, went to Hamilton. Went to Carthay Elementary. Like he's he had a he had a big footprint in West LA. So he understands the gangs the gangs over here. He knows they don't get along. And he said, "Yo, I'm Nip Six O. You know what's up, man? How you doing?" And he's like, "Yo, I, the homie was like, yo, I do music. Uh, you know, I rap." He's like, "Let's go to the car and listen to it." Like, fuck. Like, the homie Sino, he started rapping when he was in like 10th grade. I think I was a senior. And uh he he went and uh he, he went and got all of his CDs made and nobody has CDs. Like we we told him like you're crazy. Like we don't even have CD players no more. But he kept getting stacks and stacks of CDs made and he kept selling them all around Slauson because he's from 60s. Mm-hmm. He was actually in that uh the video you were talking about when Nip walked up. Mm-hmm. He was one of them in there fighting and he so he got all these CDs made and he was trying to sell them out of his car all down Slauson. 
Nipsey saw him, told him, you could start selling the CDs in the store. And he just started putting the CDs in the store. And then that's how Sino started rapping. Because Nip put him on like that. <sighs> Fuck. Fuck. And he used to pull up to View Park and just talk to him sometimes. Like just right when school got out, just pull up in front of the school. Everybody would be happy as hell. Yeah, some of these people in our community, like some people just supposed to be protected, man. Completely off limits. Completely off limits to any harm. I mean, I want us all to be off limits to harm, but some people too important. Some people too important, man. We can't lose them. We and I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm becoming optimistic. When it happened, I was not. I had no. There was no hope for me. I was just like, fuck it all. I don't give a fuck. It's just done. Fuck this neighborhood. Fuck this fucking city. Fuck everybody. I hate everybody. Y'all don't care. We got. We had somebody who was perfect for us. Who was doing everything he could, and you got rid of him. I was hurt. But the more I talk to my people, the more I talk to my friends, and I see what people are talking about, like I'm becoming more optimistic that this will create more Nipsey hustles, even if they are a fraction of what he was. That's huge. That's fucking huge. Because all these people we can name, all these rappers and athletes, he did the work of a fucking whole league of NBA players. Yeah. Like, shit, he probably did the work of a whole fucking league of NFL players. That's a lot of motherfucking people. But he did. He was. He was, he was doing that much. And he was trying to do so much more. And he was trying to involve all these other people. He showed you you can do. I don't even want to speak on... Things I don't want to speak on what, what I think he should have done differently so he could still be with us, but because he's not, it doesn't matter. It's just talk about that another day. There's more stuff to talk about when it comes to Nipsey another day, but this is just more so a dedication. I will say this in his music, like, like sometimes I don't know, I can't speak for everybody else, but I feel low sometimes. I feel like sometimes when you pour in LA, it's really no way out. That's how I'll be feeling. And when you listen to Nip, you just hear it. it's just the drive. It's just to flip you. It's just a switch. You got to flip because it's possible. You just got to work at it. Man. I, you got to work and you got to work. And it's not going to be easy, but you just got to keep working. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to read what uh, one of the homies, I just read what one of the homies said. He's I, He just finished business school, I think, at Georgetown or something. He, he's from L.A., but um, I was reading what he said about Nip. He said, Nipsey was like my success coach. While in the darkest points and happiest successes of life, when everything was falling apart, but others had no clue, I listened to Stay Loyal, Loaded Bases, Picture Me Rolling, Real Big, to stay focused and not succumb to the rejection and losses. All the setbacks and adversity, I know you could relate. I listened to all your interviews a hundred times to fuel up on positivity and alpha energy. You made it cool to be a real entrepreneur. You talked about shit I can relate to, equity, business models, real estate, etc. Nip, you helped me survive some really hard times, my man. I fi- and finally 
make something of myself as a black man in this Babylon. Yeah, we far from done. Just getting started. You live through us. Thank you, King. Like stuff like that, man. Cause I wasn't expecting that from him. Like, you know, I didn't I mean, I know he's a real LA dude, but I didn't expect him to be so uh influenced by Nipsey. Um He was just like, I can't even he was what everybody would want. He had qualities and everything. Like in business, there's some way you wanted to be like Nip. In in fashion, there was some way like you was talking about it. Nipsey never had a bad fit. Never. Like, you seen I was like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Like, there's never been a time like, what the fuck is you wearing? Yeah, like every time you see him, you like, oh, I'll wear that. Like, like he just looked like so solid all the time. And then as a rapper, he's solid. As a businessman, he's solid. As just a man, like, look at the way he treat Lauren London. Like, he was. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, yeah, he was. You didn't see him. You never saw this man in no kind of like controversial relationships on the internet or he's fucking with this chick and there was no weird ass rumors. And also there was no fucking smut on his name. Like y'all don't understand when it comes to LA and these rappers represent gangs. They didn't did some, like, they didn't did something that's not okay. Yeah. Like a lot of times we hear like, oh, he was a buster back in the day. Or he, used he to ain't be from here. Yeah, he ain't from the hood like that. You all, man, you hear this shit from every. I can name all the rappers who you. I've heard it from YG, yeah. even though I've heard uh, most people say he's a, he's a real dude, but I've heard it from from some people. I definitely heard about the game. Oh yeah, um, but I mean, YG, it's just yeah. a bunch of them that you hear a little shit from. Never once have I heard anything about Nipsey. No smut. He's just that, he was that genuine, that real, and everybody says so. I, man, everybody. And I'm just going to leave it on. I, I, so my cousin posted this, and it's just something I had to, like, say for myself, and I'm going to leave it on, uh, we're going to leave it on this one. Um, he says, it's easier said than done. It sounds simple telling people to work hard and never quit. But to really execute and demonstrate those principles takes discipline and faith. Those are the two factors that I believe separate the good from the great, the successes from the failures. The difference is measured by how much you can walk in faith and how much you can exercise discipline. With new levels, there's new devils. Even as you make progress, you need the discipline to keep from backtracking and sabotaging the success as it's happening. You need faith to make it through the, through the dark spots. When what you see in front of you doesn't represent what you believe is going to happen. It may be completely opposite, but you have to keep walking forward because you have faith. Without these two qualities, you're going to fold. Even if you have the best intentions without discipline and faith, it's next to impossible to reach your ultimate goal. So let's reach our ultimate goals, y'all. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle.